0: Welcome to Talent Sandbox, the podcast that explores how talent acquisition professionals can optimize and future-proof talent acquisition. My name is Neil. I'm the co-host of Talent Sandbox podcast. Join us as we explore the latest trends, strategies, and best practices for attracting and retaining talent in your organization. Our talent acquisition practitioners will share their real-world insights on everything from smart sourcing, candidate experience, diversity and inclusion, through to the building of a global talent acquisition function. We will leave you with actionable takeaways that you can apply in your business. Whether you're a recruiter, hiring manager, or HR professional, we're here to build a better talent acquisition process for everyone. I'm really excited to be joined by two well-known faces from the world of talent acquisition, Will Crandall and Steve Bevinson from Horsefly. Within our series of podcasts, we've invited leading vendors who service talent acquisition functions across the globe. Horsefly have been one of those real success stories that have come out of talent acquisition technology provides over recent years. They've become a real serious challenger within the labour market intelligence field, driven by a number of high-profile funding rounds. Okay, so welcome Will and Steve. Great to have you on the show. Thanks guys for for, for being on the podcast. Great to be on. Right, Neil. Nice to see you again. Good. I see you guys again. So, uh, so I thought what we could could really kick off um can you tell me a little bit you know, to the listeners a little bit about the journey you've been on with horse if will you want to maybe kick kick that off and then steve you can follow
1: yeah yeah i'll, I'll give you a bit of background as well of where we come from and our mm-hmm. journey and stuff so i, I founded a business in uh, 2011 with a little bit of seed funding called jobs the word and basically our superpower was the ability to um, collect social profiles from across all the entire web, merge them together, um, complete them. So, you know, if you've got XYZ, XY skill, you've definitely got Z skill. And we were creating this really rich database. And uh, each one of the profiles are the email address associated with them. Um, so, uh, you know, everything's going great. Companies would come to us and say, we've got this campaign. Can you find people uh, that match the skill set? and we used to email uh, our data set and everything was going great we got a million pound invested from mercia and we are about to be acquired by the biggest job board in Europe <laughs> and uh, gdpr happened and we were like oh we have we've got a product that's not gdpr compliant um so yeah, i think it's one of the uh, most exciting times of the company when we had to completely pivot our business model um and we come across the use case of as a recruiter, I'm seen as a sponge for hiring manager requests. Um, so basically, you know, a recruiter had to got given a the role, they had to work it and then find out later it was impossible to fill. And we thought, what about if we anonymize all our data and provide them with insights around supply mm-hmm. and salary? Um, so we started there, got a lot of traction, um, you know, especially in the public sector. Right. Um. And then we thought, okay, can we start sort of layering in new advert, you know, new sources of data like mm-hmm. demographics, salary data, um, and yeah, that that's where we sort of got our traction in the TA, uh, TA world. Latterly, um, you know, we've moved into workforce planning, uh, you know, internal mobility, succession planning, mm-hmm. and most recently, uh, it's business planning
0: around. Location strategies. MA, am and I do strategies. Fantastic, Fantastic. I, know, I know. Obviously, we've known each other for for some time, but um, and uh, you've been on board, Steve, for for quite a lot of that journey, pretty much from the from the beginning, if I recall right.
2: Yeah, I was hired because Will and uh, the other chaps couldn't sell anything, um, <laughs> and they needed someone that that would ask for money because they started off with a freemium model. Right. Uh, they had a a nice core of people that were using the product, but no one was paying any cash. So, uh, eventually they picked me. Uh, I think there was another guy that played guitar and was a bit cooler than me that was in the <laughs> final two. Uh, but luckily, luckily for me and unluckily for Will, uh, he decided to hire me and I'm still here 12 years later, but yeah, it's been amazing to see the growth over the last six, seven years and you know, pinching myself last week uh, or the week before last at RET Fest when we've got uh, Bill Bourbon on our stand and Adrian right. Thomas talking about us and, you know, all these advocates that, that really have, uh, uh, you know, supported us over the last uh, four or five years. It's amazing.
0: Mm. Really good. And talking about those those last 12 years, I mean, the markets, I remember when you guys first started and it, and it was, I was thinking the power of that data, Right, the the data you've got in your hands and what you could do with that. I'm a little bit of a geek coming out of me here, but the um, you know, the how how do you think the market shifted over that time? You know, and what's what's changed in your mind? Yeah, I mean,
1: uh, you know, for the first couple of years of selling horsefly, um, it was an education. We we were educating the markets of how to use uh, labour market insights. You had a few bright spots like yourself who really got it and helped us sort of mm-hmm. deploy our future ROI metrics by seeing how you use the data. Uh, But we spend most of our time educating the market and that's changed completely now. You know, if you're not using the labor market insights now, you're behind the curve. And um, as we've moved in in our US journey, um, we found this so much easier to talk about ROI in the US. They're sort of, you know, they're telling us what they want to use the data Mm -hmm. for. I think we're at the tail end of that
0: now in the UK. Um, yeah, well, I think that's where we are. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of TA leaders out there who are listening to this show will will be either right at the beginning of that journey, right, wondering where to start and how to get started, where uh, there's others who are really quite mature and they're thinking about, you know, okay, what's the next technology tool they're, they're looking to implement? So if you, if you were to, to you know, to think about, you know, those, those two different areas, um, you know, what's the kind of advice that you would give the TA leaders out there when they're considering, you know, how they develop or how they even enter, you know, the use of data and analytics and market intelligence. I think for me, it's got to be, we've got to solve a
2: problem. Mm. Don't just invest in a tool for the sake of investing in it. Speak to those vendors that you're going to potentially consider, understand their product, but also understand whether their product can solve the challenges that you're Mm -hmm. faced with day to day and the targets that you need to set. because. If you're not doing that, you're going to buy something that's not going to get utilised and you won't build a long-term partnership. I think, you know, uh, Will mentioned it earlier, uh, we brought in a new CRO uh, six to eight months ago, a chap called Paul Hunt, uh, who's grown businesses like ours to much bigger organisations. And I think the methodology that he brought in is really, you know, I see my role as assisting clients now and Mm. understanding their challenges speak to your vendor, speak to your yeah. vendor. And if someone just tries to push a sale, probably run a mile, uh, hey, make sure we can solve a problem or, mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the
0: salesperson is trying to help you. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, sound advice. And is it, have, <clears throat> have you seen, um, a trend in the two or three things that people should be considering in their business case? So before they even get to the conversation of, you know, evaluating a vendor are there certain things that you've seen that they should be considering and should be calling out as part of that business case? Yeah, massively. So it's those
2: three pillars that we always talk about on any sales call. Right? Uh, can we help TA? Can we help them not be the sponge and you know mm-hmm. be able to manage expectations and hiring managers' expectations around the art of the possible workforce planning? You know, uh, uh, what's the art of the possible? Can we get this? plan more effective further upstream because very often we're speaking to ta people that have had failed recruitments or missed slas or the most of the business is catastrophic for not getting it right the further upstream we can get it in workforce planning that then hand the plan to ta and ta then use the data to source that's when the magic happens that's when you know the money starts to uh, flow back into the business from the investment because you you're hitting SLAs and you're expectations, but the big ticket return on investment is when you're looking at growth and where to base a new uh, a new role. So the likes of um, the Auschwitz case study that we always uh, talk about and uh, you know, others that have looked mm. at, is a plant going to be in Denmark versus the Far East versus the subcontinent? Where do we base this? Is the real estate more realistic in that area? Is the talent available? Is the talent more cost-effective but of the same quality? And if you can get that right, that's when the multi-million pound return on investment starts to rear its head. But mm. we, we we can, you know, help across those three different areas. So are you being challenged in any of those areas or all three? And if you are, you need to speak to someone to try and get some data to solve the problem.
1: Right? Yeah, just Neil, and Neil a quick question for you. I mean, we're seeing that, um, you know, the TA users... Um, mm that we have, um, doing what were traditionally workforce planning and even business planning case studies. Have you found that, have you seen that happen where the sort of adopting
0: a wider scope? There is. I mean, you know, the, the role of TA has really evolved in the last four to five years and, um, one of the things I've always pushed for is that integration of workforce planning, um, and, and going further up the value stream into the business. Because you know your tool, your data can fix a lot of the challenges further down the stream. That's what Steve's been saying, right? So if yeah. you if you can understand your talent population better and the, the future needs more accurately, then it makes it much easier to then resource the the talent you need. Um, so those TA leaders who are smart, who are, who understand how to use data, are embracing workforce planning to so their remit now. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, and you know because I mentioned before about. The U.S.
1: sort of being a bit yep. further along, we're at the tail end of that, and I think really sort of motivated, sort of uh, enthusiastic TA people and leaders can start uh, adopting it like the U.S. has because the the U.S. like you're hearing less less about workforce planning, more about sort of TA.
0: Yeah, and this, and this, there's and this concept now which is to- total workforce management as well. You know, yeah. you you probably heard of this before, right? Oh, yeah. So. And that particularly in the US, we're seeing that trend of, you know, contingent labor, permanent exec, everything together now in terms of that temporal outlook. Yeah. And that's where the magic happens. In fact, if you can start to understand how and when and why your workforce is doing what they're doing, um, then yeah. that's that's when, it, you know, your data sets and, um, you know, data in, data generally becomes very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: there's like a power balance, isn't there? With like these new teams that are coming in, like mm. intelligence and everyone seems to want to, uh, fa- not phase out, but sort of be in control of the other When, Like you say, if we, if we just all fit on the total workforce management, then, you know, there's a nice umbrella there where we can all work together, share data resources, which is not happening in some companies because they're that it out.
0: And yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah, you're right, because, I mean, sometimes finance own it, sometimes HR own it, sometimes nobody nobody owns it, right? So um, I think that's where the, the the opportunity is. And, you know, talking about the future and talking about, you know, AI is a really hot topic at the moment. Uh, driving, every time I turn LinkedIn on, somebody's talking about, you know, AI or the impact of AI. Um, I mean, I'm sure. Again, you know, it's it's a hot topic for for you because I know you're always trying to push the boundaries. I mean, can you give me a little bit of a, a glimpse in terms of what you're thinking about how, of how to to either adopt or you have adopted AI into your tool?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, we luckily structured our data. We use a gra- graph database technology, so it's right. sort of perfectly sort of set up to start integration uh, conversational AI. Um, so before the end of the year, we want to be able to. Give our users the ability to to ask a question, a free text question, like "Give me the top three locations based on supply and demand for Java the world with Hadoop," um, and it returns back, you know, uh, uh, an answer uh, using the AI. But I think you know our journey on it, we quickly discovered that uh, if you're using the sort of the likes of ChatGPT and mm-hmm. those things, um, you can uh, really dilute the data that's coming back. So really? we're, we're building our models on using sort of our own conversational AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's great communities as well outside of chat like hugging face, which is a massive one. Um, I definitely recommend anyone get into that, but, um, yeah,
0: that that's where it's going. Hmm. I don't know if you caught the, the press release of inflection AI recently as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah really interesting. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's more intuitive and, you know, be interested where that goes to. And, you know, and again, big, big thing on TA leaders' minds is data integrity. You know, uh, so so not only their data, but also if you go to further down the supply chain within the suppliers themselves um, of, of, you know, particularly scraping of data is becoming a, a, a concern of where did that data come from? How did you acquire that data as well? um so i mean you know I, again i I know you've 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 done a lot of work in this space but particularly in the u.s particularly in new york state at the moment there's a big concern about how data's uh captured uh, how are you addressing that and how are you addressing c- concerns for customers right now
1: yeah i think it's um uh I, I think especially in the u.s and the government clients we've got i mean mm. we in you know the question is we have to fill out a just amazing. And, um, you, you know, uh, but we're sort of used to it now, so it isn't really that much trouble for, us. Right. But, um, you, you know, um, the, the big thing is, is that some of our competitors, for example, in the U S have always built the models on showing some form of candidate data, which, mm. you know, they, they sort of give you the ability to look at the candidates. And the problem with that is that you're dealing with personal data. So yeah, you know, our data, um, you, you know, we don't actually have any personal data within our platform, you know, but we identify skills using ones and zeros and job titles mm-hmm. ones and zeros. So we're very much a statistical platform, which is, we've always focused on doing that. Um, so we don't really run into those type of problems, you know, because once mm-hmm. you get down to, uh, down to a certain level,
0: um, you, you know, it, it, it doesn't really come up. Yeah, yeah. No, it's interest. I mean, the I think I think data, uh, the the concern around data. You, you you've navigated that really smart in a smart way. In fact, so yeah. And and you know, as um you know, as TA TA leaders embarking on the using horsefly. I mean, what are the what are the skills that you've seen evolve within the functions that you're facing into? Whether that's a TA function, whether that is a uh, data and analytics. Um, is there any particular skills that you, you've seen evolve which have, have, were not around uh, in, in the past? I think for me, it's you know the flexibility. The, the people that get the most value
2: out of the platform are those people that are more forward-facing and looking to use data and will engage with the training. Um, if it's just passed into a team of TA sources that are drowning under 50, 60, 70 recs, using data isn't necessarily at the the forefront of their mind. It, yeah. It'll be those people that are working on a manageable amount of data that have got direct reports that are, are looking for information, looking for yeah. challenges, because the data's only as good as the person that's running the search and yeah. the insight's only as good as the action you take off the back of it. Um, so I think, what we've got better at as as we've evolved into, you know, pure play analytics is actually identifying those people within an organization that will get value. Rather than just saying, here's a blanket, everyone have a access, you know, it might be one person that uses it brilliantly and gets good return on investment. But then if 89 other people have got access to horsefly and don't use it in 12 months, then... The partnership is deemed a failure even if we've saved hundreds or millions of pounds for that one really good user so i think it is about identification of people who are willing to use data will take action but also can report into those people that uh, are making the bigger decisions we try and find those people that have got uh, you know uh, indirect or direct links to board level and so we could really
0: you know measure Success and and get this exactly right for people. Yeah. So have you have you seen in that case the um, these specialist skills coming from recruitment and talent acquisition, or are you seeing them coming from outside of <clears throat> outside of the function altogether?
2: I, I I would say yeah. A lot of the people that are, are talking about talent intelligence or uh, workforce planning now yeah. have come from a TA position, and uh, they're uh, the the not select few but the people that have followed that uh mm-hmm. avenue as you said about total workforce management it would be great to stop this tug of war between ti and workforce planning and yeah. people that hold budgets and all that if, if we could bring you know we try and bring everyone into using the data from the commercial conversation into partnership mm-hmm. because we need everyone on the on the same song sheet hymn sheet uh, yeah, yeah. in order to yeah. be able to get the best results uh, but I think that, you know, that uh, TA is a great breeding ground for those people that want to diversify into other areas rather than saying I've fallen into recruitment and that's where I've stuck mm-hmm. um, you know Toby Coulshaw is a great example of that and the way he's diversified into TI with uh,
0: that massive network of people that he he now engages with yeah I mean I, I think it, it it plays into what we talked about before around um, you know whether it's employee branding or data analytics I mean we've seen the TA function evolved rapidly over the last four or five years, and um, you know, and, and the and, you know from a from a talent sandbox perspective, that's why we we've really tried to find the the future of some of these skills. You know, so we're we're trying to future proof it. But you know, I'm interested. You you talk to so many TA leaders and businesses. Um, I mean, is there is there two or three top skills you know outside of market intelligence that you're seeing? uh really rapidly developing right now within a uh the world of talent acquisition or yeah uh, I've seen well
1: i am sure Steve can add a few more, but I, I think we're, we we've seen, gone on this journey um have spoken to Tim Sackett um recently and he, mm. he you know we've we've gone from this sort of labor intensive workforce to a creative workforce. Mm. I think this next phase is going to be the best people will be good narrators. So they're able to leverage things like generative AI to sort of make use of the basic stuff that you, uh puts out. So I think being a good narrator, uh, understanding how to, um, manipulate, um, the outputs of, of, um, platforms is absolutely the number one,
2: uh, skill that everyone should be learning. What about for your side, Steve? I think we'll just give the right answer. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he took the words out of my mouth. I, I was going to pinch that off him because I've heard okay. him say a few times. So but he is both, yeah. analytical. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's what's going to stand people apart. Adopting new technology, thinking differently, and just being flexible and open to new ideas. I, I think, you know, if you, if you can, you know... I, I'm an old dog, but I have learned some new tricks in the last mm. 12 to 18 months. And I think if you can, you know, be humble enough to look at new technology, take on new ideas, speak to your peers, do the networking piece. At, you know, I know you and I have been joining mm. of nights recently, having drinks and things and uh, exchanging ideas. That's an excuse for a pint, some people think. But I also think that you get great conversations. Like I know you and uh, Theo were still talking about uh, That's right. his work and yeah. uh, all the other bits of pieces in Manchester. So, you know, th- there's so many different ways to look at it, but I think you've just got to be open minded and don't stay in that silo or be scared of learning new things.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what about going back to those older skills, let's say, so ma- mathematics, maths, you know, um, and... You know how how important do you think that is as a as a core skill to get that right to then use data sets correctly, um, or have you navigated that with horsefly in a different in a different way?
1: Yeah, I think um, as Steve mentioned before, we we deal with the teams based on the maturity of the mm-hmm. of their journey. Um, so we create a you know. Um, a, a plan for each and every single client as part of the, uh, sales process. So when right. they, on board and transfer CS, mm-hmm. so yes, we're developing them, but, <clears throat> uh, the, the, sorts of fastest users are generally, uh, or the ones that can narrate better, the, basically the ones with like, uh, uh, an understanding of statistics and maths and stuff like that. But yeah, we, we, we get all
0: levels and we're able mm. to get them on that same journey. Fascinating. Great. Well, listen, um, it's been a great discussion, so thanks for being on the the podcast today. I want to certainly try and get you you both back on as you evolve this rocket ship of horsefly as you keep uh, keep evolving. Um, and yeah, I'd love to, to see you on the show very, very soon. It was a pleasure, Cale, so much for your time. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. So that's a wrap for today's episode of Talent Sunbox Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. If you'd like to be a guest of our podcast, then please email us at hello at talonsandbox.com.